episode of Whiskey and Mash. I am Chris Pullman. I am Laura Pullman, filling in for Glory Ackerman. And you'll probably hear uh, our daughter Ryan, since uh, Laura's pinch hitting and it's Ryan's bedtime. So, uh, we will do our best to keep too much of that out of the podcast, <laughs> but please bear with us in case it does happen. So, this episode we will be reviewing uh, Season 3, Episodes 1, The General Flipped at Dawn, and Episode 2, Rainbow Bridge. Uh, should I just summarize both of them this time? Sure. Okay. Oh. Alright, so, Episode 1, The General Flipped at Dawn. This episode we see Henry Morgan's first appearance on MASH. He plays... Uh, Major General uh, Steele. I should have gotten down the whole name, but a uh, very memorable episode in that it is uh, Harry Morgan's first appearance on MASH that he is on screen with the current commanding officer of MASH, yeah. Colonel Henry Blake. And basically, if you think of what Frank would be like as a commanding officer, that's what General Steele is like, but at a much higher level so he's the general in charge of all the mashes in the area and he is trying to get them all to run by the book extra so, to the extreme yeah so like clinger's outfits out he wants everybody to be doing calisthenics in the morning no more civilian clothes all of that and as part of this he's coming around to each mash outfit to give a personal inspection of both personnel and of the camp itself mm -hmm. so of course you know they're trying uh colonel blake is trying his best to get his command in order but then you have doctors like hawkeye like trapper who basically refuse to be reined in right so steel uh general steel shows up all the senior staff and all the medical personnel supposedly uh fall in information in the uh, parade grounds and General Steele starts his inspection of the troops and we get you know him inspecting the major characters he checks Frank's nose hair he makes Margaret throw out her chest which I don't think anybody minded too much uh, he checks Father Mulcahy's cross says he'd like to see a shine on it comes up to radar Yells at him a little bit, says, enlist, or, uh, yeah, uh, and, what was it, non-coms, the backbone of the army. Where are you from, son? And Radar starts to speak, and... No speaking in line. Yeah. <laughs> and so he keeps going through the formation, kind of checking on people. And all of a sudden... Mm -hmm. Sir, 12 o'clock. Not now, Radar. Sir! And here's Klinger coming up in, uh... A full dress, a full hat. Dress. A very pretty hat. Yeah. And so he comes up into the formation and comes up to General Steele and salutes him. And General Steele takes one look and leans in and says, Not now, Marjorie. I'm inspecting the troops. <laughs> and that's the first moment in the episode when we really see that General Steele might not be all there. <laughs> Got a couple of screws loose. Yeah. At another point, um, he says to Henry that the uh, fuel consumption used getting troops to 
mash is too high, that it takes too much time and too much fuel, so they are going to move the mash. It is mobile, after all. And mobile you shall be. So they go on a scouting mission, uh, Frank, Henry, and General Steele. They go on a scouting mission to find a new location for MASH. And they're at this location, and Steele is saying, As you can see, Colonel, this is a much more desirable location. Running water, nice flat area, and we'll move here. That's in order. They're all wearing their helmets, and Colonel Blake says, Yes, sir. And General Steele says, You accepted an order. I expect a salute. And Major Burns, for once, has some sense and says, It's not advisable to salute out here, sir. <laughs> there are snipers. And they might see that you're the superior officer. Horse hockey! That's not what he said, but that's what Colonel Potter says a lot. <laughs> Give me the salute! So Colonel Blake starts to, and all of a sudden you hear the ricochet of a bullet. Frank and Henry dive behind the jeep. General Steele pulls out his service pistol and starts looking around. And he goes, well, we could stay and fight as you keep hearing ricochets. Or, and he pulls back the cuff of his coat with the pistol and goes, or we could go back for lunch. Lunch, 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 lunch. lunch. So the major and the colonel pile into the jeep and are huddling down. And the general checks himself in the rearview mirror before starting to sing I Love a Parade as he pulls out and heads back to MASH. Nice and casually. Again, you see that the general isn't really all there. Then he gets back. There was a trouble patient. And Hawkeye is sending him off to Seoul for more intense uh, attention. Sure. Well, as he's sending off the chopper, the general comes up and says, I need that chopper. You know, call it back. Can't do that, General, Hawkeye says. Go! And so then the chopper pilot, warrant, uh, a warrant officer, takes off. The warrant officer happens to be black. Mm -hmm. This also comes into play in just a little bit. Well, the general calls Hawkeye insubordinate. He calls him insolent. And Hawkeye says, right! And you're nuts! <laughs> so then they're having a disciplinary hearing for Hawkeye for disobeying the general's orders. The first witness in the hearing is the warrant officer, the chopper pilot. And the general says to him, now, son, you're not on trial here. You did nothing wrong. You just followed the orders of a superior. So, we'll hear your testimony. Right but, after. But oh, first, a song. Sir? You know, boy, it's in your blood. Just let it out. So then he stands up and starts clapping, singing a very racist song. He picks up his helmet and starts using it like a top hat and goes singing, walking out of the tent. Do, does this mean we have to leave, sir? Nope, just the general's leaving. In a padded truck. Rubber truck. Rubber truck, yeah. So, the general ends up getting carted away. Uh, having, yeah, lost his marbles. Hmm. And MASH life goes back to normal. And then they find out that not only was the general not dismissed from the army... 
he was promoted to a three-star lieutenant general and put in charge of all MASH outfits back at the Pentagon. Yay! <laughs> so. He had a very wealthy or... Uh, a, a very well-known well family. Well-known family. Yes. Three brothers, three steel brothers, all of them in the Encyclopedia Britannica, all of them army generals. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his brothers worked on the Panama Canal, was the first one to get bit by a mosquito to try and, I'm assuming to try and test out a cure for malaria. Hmm. In fact, he says that to Trapper, who is playing a game of, like, pickup pretzels on the bar in the O Club when the general comes in. That's right. And the general says, my brother was bit. Or my brother contracted yellow fever at the Panama Canal, and Trapper says, You should have called me sooner, General. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is the basic synopsis of the episode. Anything that uh, stuck out to you about the episode? Um, I like Hawkeye's complete lack of caring that the General <laughs> was there. Mm hmm. Like how. Um, what was it? As he's taking care of the of his patient, he's hitting on the nurse. Right. And he arranges for a rendezvous Thursday night in the mattress supply room. Yes, with some saltines. Yes, saltines and cheese, and he shows up in basically a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, Hawkeye clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and the general... Um, Uh-oh. Hmm. Uh-oh, I think I... I leaned on the button. Oh, it's, we're still going. Technical difficulties for there for a second. Yeah, how about not putting your feet up on the power buttons again? Sorry, <laughs> I was trying to... I understand, but yeah, it's you're on doing that it again. No, it's on that side. There's or a reset button on that side. Oh, that would be why. <laughs> so, anyway... <laughs> I don't Tec edit these if you haven't caught on, by the way. Technical difficulties! <laughs> but, um... So yeah, the general comes into the supply room to check it out, and he catches Hawkeye and the nurse. And Hawkeye and the nurse stand up when the general comes in, and Hawkeye says, And uh, after you check the mattresses, Lieutenant, uh, whitewash the walls. <laughs> and the general says, Colonel, what's this? A civilian ordering around a lieutenant? Or a nurse? Well, you see, sir, this is uh, B.F. Pierce, sir. United Press. <laughs> so he tries to cover that up. Ends up not working, but... Yeah. Yeah. And there again, as uh, the general is going along with this for some reason, he is telling Hawkeye, Are you going home soon, Pierce? I certainly hope so, sir. But when you get back, could you call my wife and let her know that she'll be getting a Jeep from me for her birthday? It'll be in a crate marked... Kitchen utensils. <laughs> Don't put that in your article. <laughs> so yeah, it, throughout the episode we get these and little glimpses. That that, yeah, that just reminded me, sorry for interrupting, mm -hmm. yep. of earlier in the series when Radar was shipping home a Jeep piece by piece. Piece by piece, yeah. And then they had to fluoroscope it and <laughs> they figured out what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, knowing Radar, he could definitely trade his way up, you know? Especially at that time in the series. Yeah, he seems to have been a lot more... Schemey? Schemey back then. And now he's getting into his innocent teddy bear radar. Mm-hmm. That I, that I know and love. 
Yeah. You know, that's definitely an intentional shift. Yeah. So, but anything else about this episode? Um, trying to think here. I know one thing that I really loved when they were first finding out about all these new orders coming down the pipe. All the senior staff were in Henry's office. And something I really loved about that episode, other than the fact that uh, Klinger came in and was all excited about calisthenics because he wanted to fit into a size, <laughs> size nine. nine. Um, Trapper was making a paper clip chain. Yep. And at the other end of the chain, <laughs> Hawkeye was taking apart the same chain clip by clip. Which that was I, pretty. It was pretty good. Um, notably, we still don't have either uh, Klinger or Father Mulcahy. Yeah, they're not in the main credits. They're not in the main credits yet. They are at the end still, but they're not in the main credits. Um, and they've been in every episode so far for a while. Yeah. Uh, Margaret's hair was down even when she was in her fatigues for troop inspection. It was in a low pony. Mm-hmm. So we don't see the bun-up Margaret anymore, which I've got to say... I'm very thankful for. I was never a fan of the Margaret bun. And Margaret would look so good with like a messy bun in the back of her head, mm. but she didn't do that. She did this weird knot bun way at the top of her head. Made yeah. her, it made her look like um, uh, who's the little girl from Whoville? From oh, the rich who's Mary Lou. Yeah, it looked like Mary Lou. Mary Lou. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's just not not a very attractive look. But I think yeah. that's what they were going for was very uptight. Yeah. You know, cinch sort of thing. Sure. Um, I also love in that same scene in Henry's office where Klinger's whole attitude about, you know, getting on board with the calisthenics, Frank says, finally, someone with a little sanity around here. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, during the operation, Frank serves as the anesthetist. So we are starting to see... If nothing else, the staff kind of contracting. Yeah, because there's no more Ugly John. Yeah, no more Ugly John. We haven't seen him in a while. So now they are starting to cross-use doctors and nurses. Uh, in fact, in the next episode, we see Margaret handling a simpler operation. Right. Well, we don't see her. It's indicated, but we don't actually see her do it. Um, in the swamp, as Frank is trying to clean up for the general, he comes over to Hawkeye's area of the swamp. And Hawkeye says, don't you dare touch my medical magazines. It was a nudie magazine. <laughs> the joys of nudity. Naked volleyball. Do you actually participate in this? It's really more of a spectator sport. <laughs> it serves as a tax shelter. You can deduct your sneakers. <laughs> uh, let's see here. The nurse that Hawkeye was in the supply room with is credited as Nurse Baker. Baker. One of many Nurse Bakers. Yep. However, this is Sheila Anderson, who we see at the very least once, I think the first time, in uh, Carry On Hawkeye, when the whole camp comes down with the flu, and he is stuck, you know, being the only doctor on his feet. Because if you remember... Uh, She's new there because he cat she catches his eye, mm. and she says, Lieutenant Anderson, Sheila. This is the same actress, so it's still Lieutenant Anderson, at least as far as we can see, 
but Hawkeye and Trapper refer to her as Nurse Baker. So here we start to see that kind of generalization, that generic. Because yeah, there used to be like a standard Nurse Baker. Mm -hmm. Now it seems like every nurse is Nurse Baker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or Abel. Yeah. yeah, if there's two. Yep. Um, what else? Oh yeah, when the general is walking around the camp at night with Henry, he stops and picks up a tongue depressor oh. and is talking about waste. Oh, now, sir, goodness. that's wood, and I don't think you can even sterilize that. And the general has a quote for basically everything. I'm pretty sure they're not real quotes, because they're super obscure. Like he says, it was waste defeated Hannibal at Zima. Leans into Colonel Blake. He was a darkie, you know. And this goes to the whole part of at the end of the episode when he tells the warrant officer, but first... A song. Yeah, a musical number. One of my favorite quotes was when um, Colonel Blake was showing up the, the area. He said, there's the four-man latrine. <laughs> Ah, the men can encourage each other. <laughs> that was pretty good. That yeah. cracked me up. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. What else? Um, I think that's just about it. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I have. Other than we do see in the episode. Now, Hawkeye, I think this episode also really points out the fact that Hawkeye has no respect for authority. Absolutely none. I and say that's th why I like it. Yeah, because at one point before um, before Frank and Henry go out to scout the new MASH mm -hmm. they both have their helmets on and Hawkeye says to Henry while they're all in the swamp, Henry what if you just disobey him? And Henry says, I can't disobey him, not without an order that tells me to. <laughs> and then the general blares the siren on his jeep, which he's so fond of using. Yeah. And Frank says, or Henry says to Frank, come on, Frank, let's not keep ding-dong waiting. So Henry won't disobey him, and Frank won't disobey him. But Hawkeye has no trouble. Not even a second thought. He doesn't care about the consequences, he just does it. He even, I mean, he literally calls the general nuts to his okay. face. You know? He doesn't care. And uh, part of that, too, is, you know, he was drafted. Right. Which, even doctors could be drafted, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't want to be there. You know, he's doing his best to keep people alive, and that's all Hawkeye cares about. Right. He that, doesn't care if he's got a dishonorable discharge on his thing. No. He's a doctor. He's there to help wounded right he doesn't care which wounded he doesn't care how they're wounded he's there to help wounded which brings us kind of to the next episode yeah uh season two or season three episode two rainbow bridge so two major things going on in this episode first of all um we start off hawkeye and trapper are about to go on a three-day r&r trip to tokyo well then radar comes into the swamp as they're packing up and has Colonel Blake sign for a shipment of plasma. Uh-oh. Well, they only ship plasma when they're about to ship a lot of wounded boys to put the plasma in. So, they cancel their plans, and sure enough, uh, we start to get a bunch of wounded. Right. 
So the wounded are coming in. We're in OR. By bus. Well, yep. And this is the first appearance of a medical bus. Up until right. this point, we had maybe seen ambulances. Choppers, for sure. Choppers. But this is actually like, you know, think of a yellow school bus. The prototypical yellow school bus. But... Painted green. But olive drab. And with a big medical cross. Mm -hmm. On both sides and on the top. So that comes in. And they're treating people in OR, but, as Hawkeye um, exclaims, they're cases that can wait. You know? They're scratches, they're little wounds. They're nothing Nothing major. deadly. Yeah, nothing that would... Who's, who's running triage? Major uh, Frank, he volunteered. Well, he'd volunteer to be in charge of a firing squad. Or in front of one. <laughs> so Hawkeye has a case where it's... Uh, simple lacerations he hands it off to margaret and he goes out and then we see him in the bus with all these wounded and it's really interesting how they have it rigged up it's like a double decker system mm -hmm. in the bus along the walls along the walls where the stretchers it's just the stretchers are set in and then the the bar of the stretcher closest to the aisle is held by a strap mm-hmm yeah Really ingenious when you think about it. Super easy to do, super yeah. cheap. But here's Frank doing triage, and Hawkeye comes out and starts berating him for sending in cases that can wait. And he comes and finds a soldier who has a chest wound that's bleeding really bad. It's a Chinese soldier, but again, Hawkeye just... Doesn't care. He doesn't care. He sees everybody as a person, and he's only concerned with getting the wounded into into the OR saving lives and saving lives and Frank reminds him that according to the army regulations it is US wounded first then allied and then enemy wounded last I repeat last and Hawkeye grabs him by his stethoscope moves him out of the way and gets the corpsman to take the Chinese soldier into OR yep where he saves him Afterward, we see the doctors and Margaret in the mess tent. It's obviously late. There was an announcement over the PA saying um, the colonel commends everybody for the 36 mm. hours of, of, um, of surgery and invites them to have a drink Dutch treat. Yeah. And as a Dutch person, I can say <laughs> that means if, if you don't know, that yeah. basically you pay for yourself because yeah. we are a cheap bunch. <laughs> so yeah, have a drink, Dutch treat. But we do see all the doctors, well, the main ones, you know, not all of them. Yeah. But Hawkeye Trapper, uh, Frank, Margaret's there. Mm -hmm. And Trapper has a bunch of statistics on what they treated. 473 cases in a 36-hour period. And then he starts listing off the different major wound categories broken femur right. etc 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 and margaret says can we please quit the shop talk well then henry comes in with a communique it's from the chinese they have nine wounded american soldiers who they can't treat they don't have the facilities so they right. want to hand them back over to american doctors mm -hmm. there's only one issue they're proposing to meet 
a contingent from the four double seventh at Rainbow Bridge, which is twenty mile no fifty, 50 mile miles from from the, the line from the line on the North Korean side, and it's only twenty miles from the Chinese border. Right. Um, they decide to go ahead anyway, and do it. Uh, of course, Hawkeye and Trapper go. Uh, Colonel Blake volunteers radar. <laughs> well, I think Mar- he volunteered me a little quickly there, sir. <laughs> yeah. Radar? Or uh, what did he say? Radar? Uh, oh, how did it go? What was the line? Now we just need volunteers. Radar? Yes, sir. I knew I could count on you, Radar. <laughs> I think he volunteered me a little quickly there. But uh, Margaret convinces Frank that he should go. Right. Klinger goes because... If he's not getting out on nutsery. nutsery, he might as well get out. He might as well try to get out on bravery. Yep. Wait, no, I'm gonna try. Maybe I'll get out on bravery. I sure am not getting out on nutsery. Which I'll point out in a later episode, we singer we see Klinger volunteer again to act as a corpsman when Hawkeye and Margaret go up to Battalion Eight, which is right on the line. Oh wow! So I mean, they get shelled. Battalion Eight gets shelled. That's how they lose doctors up there. Right. Is by shelling. So, Klinger, too, despite everything else, despite him trying to get out... He's a good man. When push comes to shove, he's like Hawkeye. Right. You know, he cares. So we start to see that here, and we start to see Klinger really develop as a character in that sense. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they go, they get to the bridge, and part of getting Frank to agree to go. Margaret gave him a pistol that <laughs> her dad gave to her mom on the wedding night. On the wedding night. Howitzer Al Houlihan gave uh, from like big gun to my little pistol. Right. So it was a this, little Saturday night special. Yeah, it was just a little <laughs> tiny. If you've seen Men in Black, it looked like the noisy cricket. That was the size of this thing. And so um, when they're on the bridge, there are three what Trapper calls burp rifles, Chinese burp rifles, and then the Chinese doctor. 30 bullets a second. Yeah. <laughs> and as they. Uh, get ready for the doctors to come across the bridge to inspect the wounded. They all, like, click their rifles, you know, mm-hmm. chamber around. And Frank goes for his gun. And the Chinese doctor says, It's not enough that your planes harass us, making it impossible for me to even treat my own men. Before we get to that, though, we find out that the Chinese doctor actually went... Because um, Hawkeye mm. says, You speak English very... Well, he said very yeah. good. I think he meant very well. Well, um, he was also quite uh, nervous. That's true. Yeah. Um, and the Chinese doctor said... I studied at Illinois. Oh, our colonel studied at Illinois. <laughs> Do you know... Um, yeah, Colonel Blake. Colonel or Blake. What's his first name? Henry. Do you know Henry Blake? You know, and then he starts giving him his dimensions and Nar- stuff. Narrow shoulders, broad hips. <laughs> it looks like a pear. Yeah. <laughs> But so, so he, I mean, that's just another humanizing thing, I think. Yeah, um, and we see a lot of doctors who have gone to the states to get their medical training. Right. We see another one later on uh, during Colonel Potter's reign. It's just one of those things where it's like you're not different from your enemy. 
Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, you, you might think so, mm-hmm. your enemy studied at the same university your, your captain did, or your yeah. colonel did. And let's circle back around to that. Okay, but let's sorry. finish with the sorry. synopsis first. No, no, that's fine. But, so, um, Hawkeye and Trapper tell Frank to hand over the piece before they, you know, fill him full of holes. Mm-hmm. And so Frank pulls out the gun, and the Chinese <laughs> doctor just laughs at him. What the hell is that? <laughs> and so he just, he brings him across, and they start getting the wounded back. <laughs> And so to finish the episode, we're back in the swamp. Uh, Radar is helping Hawkeye and Trapper pack up to go to Tokyo. Right. Because they finally earned it, you know, 36 hours in OR, and then another 16 hours once they get these nine guys back. Because, again, they were pretty bad. Right. That was the whole reason that the Chinese... They couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle it, so they gave them back to the Americans. Now, I will point out, this wasn't a prisoner exchange. They didn't exchange wounded for wounded. Right. It was just Americans back to the American army. It was just the Chinese doctor being really decent. Mm-hmm. Which we see. Yeah. But, um, so then, you know, Radar is packing, and so we're focused on Frank's side of the swamp as Radar is doing this. And he calls them supermen right because of what they can do and then we pan back and we see hawkeye and trapper passed out on their bunks sound asleep sound asleep and radar being radar this very caring person he covers them both up with blankets takes the martini glass from hawkeye's hand and says good night supermen and that's the end of the episode it's adorable it really is all right so now let's get to interesting parts of the episode sorry yeah yeah no that's fine so um as far as the uh humanizing dehumanizing aspect goes Mm -hmm. because i think that's important to point out um i know when i was in college one of the classes i took was it did focus at least somewhat on the propaganda that we used during world war ii right and you know what was the main propaganda against the Japanese. It was making them seem inhuman. Mm-hmm. It was making them seem um, like less than a person. And why? Because then it's okay. When something isn't human, it's okay to kill it. Right. You know, then you don't need to feel so bad about it. And we actually see that theme come up several times in MASH. You know, it just, there was one where a U.S. soldier shot a Korean soldier who got the drop on him, and he just happened to get a shot off first. Right. You know, that killed the other man. And he was having a very hard time accepting it because he saw the enemy as human. He saw the enemy as a boy, just like him, in this situation, that he really had no control over. And... You know, to humanize like we do here is very important in order to end wars. Right. But not to keep them going. Frank buys into the propaganda, but Hawkeye doesn't. Hawkeye, again, sees everybody as just human. So that is a very important theme that we kind of get in this episode, I think. Okay. You know? I agree. Yeah. Um, Going off on a little bit of a tangent here. 
that whole dehumanizing aspect goes you know back throughout history where you have to make the enemy the enemy right it's happening today yeah but i think what where we really see that exemplified is world war one and the christmas truce mm-hmm. you know if you know world war one this is hopefully something you remember from that lesson where the british forces and the german forces for christmas you know they heard each other singing carols and i mean it was in english and it was in german so they couldn't quite understand each other but they knew the tunes right oh tannenbaum and Mm -hmm. old christmas tree yeah so they stopped fighting and they ended up having christmas together in no man's land they were playing soccer with each other they were exchanging pictures of loved ones they were giving each other presents and they were humanized right and literally the officers could not get them to willingly fight again. It took a lot of effort to get the war going where it had stopped there. Because, I love that story. Yeah, because there were enough soldiers who were able to see the enemy as human. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite stories. So, you know, bringing it back to this episode, I think it's just absolutely fantastic that we get to see the Chinese soldiers here as human. And they point out that, I think that this is also an important point, um, just in terms of the war, and for other reasons that I don't need to go into too deeply, but the Chinese, um, who is it, I think Trapper says, the Chinese always treat our wounded better than the North Koreans. Now, keep in mind that Korea was not involved in the negotiations that set the line of demarcation between north and south that was done by all the other power countries at the time Hmm. so you know they started the war and then we came in to try and force the line that we put in place right that china did that america did so that i think that plays into that right there but anyway i've gone on about that long enough um but I think it's a really interesting point that you brought up that we see this decent aspect from an enemy doctor. Right. That really parallels what Hawkeye would do and that we saw him do in the episode. Right, exactly. Yeah. One thing that I found interesting on a completely different topic, mm-hmm. they had a, a, a dude um, playing guitar and singing mm. a folk song. Yeah, which, by the way, um, yeah. Oh, Tokyo... Yeah. Which we hear, we've heard several times. Not all the time, but we've heard on and off. But now we see a dude actually playing it. Right. The the thing is, is if you study rock and roll and folk music, this style of play and this style, this tune that he was singing in, shouldn't wouldn't have existed yet at the time of this conflict. This conflict took place in the early nineteen fifties. I think you said nineteen fifty to nineteen fifty three. Yep. Then the style that he was playing in. And singing in was really a late 60s style. So definitely more for the audience of the episode and less of let's keep things how they would have been in during the actual war. Mm-hmm. Just thought it was interesting. Yeah, well, definitely. It's, it's interesting to see the anachronisms mm-hmm. in the episode. And I don't think that... Um, I know that they did. They actually did try in this, but 
I just don't think audiences cared as much back then. Like, you yeah. watch any of those shows back then. I mean, heck, in Bewitched, they replaced Darren. Nobody noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, they just, they didn't keep, they didn't have fanboys and fangirls like we do today as mm-hmm. I am one. Who, mm-hmm. who cared? Yeah. You know, Batman 66 didn't have to be canon because, so what? Yeah. It was fun. Where nowadays, people, myself included, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in there too. Uh, we get upset if things aren't canon. Yeah. Well, that, you know, I'm a big Star Trek fan, and that Enterprise bothered me for that reason, because they were rewriting canon. It's right. like, no, no, no. <laughs> you don't get to do that. <laughs> You're part of the universe that exists. Right. You're just explaining it. Stop. <laughs> so I totally get that. And, you know, they even have people on staff now, and all they are are continuity experts. Right, exactly. You know, it's like, here's the script, make sure we didn't mess up. That's their job. Because people notice now, and mm-hmm. people care, and they get really upset if you don't. Yeah. But. But back then, nobody cared. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we do find these little things all over the place. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. It's the whole Nurse Baker thing. Yeah. Back then, nobody cared. Which, speaking of. We, uh, at the beginning of the episode, as Hawkeye and Trapper were getting ready to go to Tokyo. Yeah. Um, Hawkeye is getting a manicure from Klinger. And He Trap- does amazing work, by the way. Yes. Well, more than just a pretty face. <laughs> he says with a cigar in his mouth. Trapper is getting a shave from Nurse Bob- Baker. Well, we don't know exactly who she is. But she used to be Nurse Baker. <laughs> she is, uh, I believe it's... Bobby Mitchell mm-hmm. is the actual actress. She's not credited. Right. Even though she has lines. Even though she has lines. And I think this is a really important point because the dude on guitar who never has lines with anybody. Just sings his O Tokyo. He is credited as Captain Calvin Spaulding. Why does he get a rank and a full name? Yeah, a higher when, rank. When a nurse actually interacted with the main characters wasn't even credited because he's a dude i i don't know so you know just talking about inaccuracy is something to point out inconsistencies uh okay he and clinger are credited which is nice to see um oh tokyo clinger volunteers as corman ah yes when radars when they're getting on the bus radar is a little worried about going since he was volunteered <laughs> and i think it was hawkeye who tries to reassure him oh you'll be fine the chinese are very fond of miniatures oh Leia. <laughs> so that's great you know you know that they're fond of radar and they're just yeah they having mess with him like them. They're, he's their little brother yeah colonel blake is his is like a father figure and mm. everyone else treats him like a little brother yeah, going. I'm actually going to go backward through the episode with some of my other favorite lines. When Margaret is trying to convince Frank that he should go, yeah, she says, "Frank, you have to harness that great mass of cowardly energy." <laughs> so she knows he's a big old coward. Yeah, I'm not sure how he's going to harness cowardice into. I don't know why she stays with him. I, well, and she doesn't for much longer, thankfully, which kind of starts to crack Frank up, but. You know, she's still with him for now. Um, the In the mess tent, when they're trying to decide whether they should go, 
to the bridge to mm -hmm. get the wounded or not. Margaret states that it's a poor decision, that Henry made a poor decision, and either Hawkeye or Trapper, I think it's Hawkeye, it sounds like Hawkeye in my head, says, it's his first one. He'll get better. <laughs> yeah, because when he was trying to decide whether or not to go... This is a command decision. What are, so what are we going to do, Frank? Or Frank, oh my goodness. <laughs> so what are we, it's, it's late. Yeah. So what are we going to do, Henry? I don't know. Whatever you guys think is fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then another uh, quote. When... Uh, Frank is trying to say how clever the Chinese are, how they came up with fireworks and spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti, and, really? And Hawkeye makes a comment. Yeah. Hawkeye makes a comment, Little Feet for Women. By Louise May Alcroft. Al Al Alcott. Alcott. You picked up on this. The so writer of Little Women. Mm -hmm. Because Chinese, the Chinese... Uh, uh, would wrap the feet the binding of the feet binding of the feet of women to give them petite feet which also made them walk a certain way it's a, very barbaric the richest of them couldn't even walk they had to be carried everywhere mm -hmm. but you know um little feet for women mm -hmm. so it was a it was a play on words yeah. it was a joke it wasn't a good joke but it was a joke yeah but i think Oh, the final quote that I really liked. Before they found out about the shipment of plasma coming in. So way back at the beginning of the episode. Uh, first of all, uh, Father Mulcahy comes in to the swamp to give them a list of stuff and money to get while they're in Tokyo. Right. And the colonel does so as well. But uh, as Father Mulcahy's leaving, he blesses them and then says, now boys, be good. And if you can't be good... Be careful. Be careful. And I think it was Trapper says, Oh, we have such a good father. <laughs> so I thought that was neat. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else from this episode? No, I think we hit all the topics I was thinking of. Okay. And I, I apologize for going off on such a big tirade about, you know, the humanization and such. But it's an important thing. It's an important thing, and it's something of Hawkeye's character that we've seen, and that's really starting to develop, and that becomes a big part of who he is in the show. So I think it's worth mentioning that much. All right. With that, I think we're going to call it for the evening. If you enjoyed uh, this episode, you can catch it. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast by going out to iTunes or your favorite podcast application, searching for Whiskey and Mash. Subscribe, and then you can set your app, your uh, your mobile device, whatever it would be, to automatically download all the new episodes when they come out. You can connect with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash whiskey and mash. And every time we get a new episode out there, put a post out, you can see that, and it'll include a link. So that if you don't do the podcast thing, you can follow the link download the raw mp3 version of the podcast episode and download it to your favorite mp3 player or stream it right from the website uh speaking of the website narclaninc.com that's n-a-r-c-l-a-n-i-n-c.com navigate to the whiskey and mash page there is a list of all the current episodes out there and if you want to 
give us your thoughts about this episode or any other episode or just get in touch with us you can email this podcast whiskey and mash at narclaninc.com with that we wish you a good week and uh yeah see you next time bye